0: Hello, everyone. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Thursday, May 28th. I am Matt Barrios, in for Dave Lomas. The last few days, we've been focused on identity, especially our identity in Christ as God's beloved sons and daughters. Today, we're looking at an important branch off this topic of identity, and I basically rewrote this little episode about three times until I realized that there's just so much to talk about today's topic and maybe the best thing I can do is just whet your appetite for a topic that I've spent years studying and I've fallen in love with. What's that topic? Uh, It's vocation or the calling of God. First off, I want to say how truly connected identity and vocation are. The very first way God calls us is to himself. He calls us his beloved children, and he says, come to me. Therefore, always and forever, the foundation of our vocation is intimacy, love, relationship with God. Just to know that we are his beloved children on an identity level, fully loved, fully accepted. It's the truest thing about us, as Dave says. And if we don't start from this unchangeable identity that God gives us, it all gets thrown asunder like really quickly when we talk about vacation without thinking identity first. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to do ceramic work on a wheel, but I think it's something like that. Um, Maybe you throw a pot or a bowl um, on a ceramic wheel and everybody knows the first most crucial step is to center the clay. All right, uh, like you put it right smack dab in the middle there and uh, you get a little water on it. You make sure that the wheel is spinning and you make sure that that clay is at the very center. If you don't, um, the clay gets tossed all over the wheel. Um, And yet, if you do center it first, it becomes all kinds of malleable. It can become beautiful if it's first centered. For us that means centered in love with God as his children. This is who God calls us to be. It's our, it's, uh, maybe you might even say our vocation of being, uh, he calls us to be his beloved children. And yet mostly when people wonder about vocation, they think more about what they're doing, you know, a vocation of doing, (laughs) um, You know, people wonder, like, how do I use the precious resources of my breath and energy and another waking day on this planet? Like, what do you want me to do? And we can get that we're beloved children of God, but God, you know, what are you calling me to do? And that is the question. Back in seminary, I was trained and I now practice as a spiritual director, which is kind of like a coach or a companion for your spiritual life. And I've found one of the most common questions Christians are curious about when they've met with me as their spiritual director is, uh, what is God calling me to do? And I get it. It's a murky and confusing question. We as human beings want a sense of direction. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that sense of direction comes from his voice. With each step we take, we want to follow the sound of his voice as our good shepherd, which unfortunately also means we can easily feel like sheep going astray without him. Back in 2015, I was uh, drifting pretty aimlessly in my life. I feel like that's an understatement, frankly. Um, I had just finished seminary the year before. I was working part-time at a church in Southern California. I'd just gone through a pretty disorienting breakup, and I'd just was in a lot of confusion and I started to wonder what in the world my life was for God what did you make me for what do you want me to do and it was honestly a pretty lonely process of discovering discerning and eventually defining my vocation I didn't really have a guide at that time, but that's part of what makes me so passionate about serving others in this way. And, you know, in in light of that, here are a few wise principles I learned along the way that I want to make sure that you know. First is to take inventory of your life and steward it like it belongs to God. To take inventory of your life and steward your life like it belongs to God. And I mean, not like it belongs to God, it is God's. Um, as if you're laying out the gear on your bed on the night before a backpacking trip, you just lay it all out right before you pack it up, lay out the inventory of the elements of your life. You can take inventory of aspects of your life like your personality, your abilities. Uh, your connections with other people, your values, your knowledge, the information you know, your training. You can just see how much you have in your rucksack already, and God has actually entrusted these things to you as a steward. He's entrusted breath, wind, wealth, imagination, your education, your experience, your money, and your joys. It's all there for you, like the parable of the talents, to make an abundance out of it for God. So then the question becomes, how will you steward your life? And this leads into a second principle, which is just say yes to exploring. Obviously, there are some things worth saying no to, and I don't feel like I need to spell those out for everybody. (laughs) Um, but so often people say no to way too many things, especially when there's so much good to learn and, um, you know, fruit in the exploration. It's as if every yes to exploring plants a seed that might, who knows, yield an abundance. And that is really how I see it. It is like reaping and sowing. And, I mean, do I expect to reap a harvest without ever planting a seed? Obviously not. Of course not. Uh, But I can faithfully plant a seed here and there of the things I have taken inventory of and that I'm stewarding. And then I just pay attention to what sprouts up and tend to it. For example, I mean, I think a lot of this are living in some of the harvest. Um, Many of us... We sowed a lot of seeds into our education, right? We we spent time and energy on getting a degree, on getting particular forms of training, getting specialized in this or that topic. And now we are kind of living right now, a lot of us, in here's what happens when I I've learned it. And I hold it, and I have some degree of mastery of it. Even what we get to do is uh, over the time of saying yes to those things, we get to bring in the harvest of those things. And the good news is, is we get to see how does God want us to steward that. One other thing that I um, you know I just want us to pay attention to that often might get overlooked and this is a third principle for discerning vocation, is that our pains are our passion. A third vocation principle, our pains are our passions. Um, And I think this is true because I think God is a redeeming God. Um, I know it is hard for us to look at our pain sometimes, but what if God is even calling you to steward your deep rage about injustice for a particular people group. And maybe that stewardship looks like stepping in and prophetically interceding. Um, What if God is even willing to let the pains of a traumatic childhood fuel a passion for loving your nieces right now? That's the kind of redemption narrative that God sets up for us. And if we serve a redeeming God, then we can anticipate that he might call us into a redemption story. You know, this has actually been, uh, especially this idea that our pains are our passions. It's been a surprisingly surefire way for me to discern direction in my life. What's the thing that makes my heart kind of explode with grief and anger that's what I need to engage with to help bring God's redemptive plan. I uh, I just inexplicably cried all through um, season four of The Wire. Uh, I don't know if you've watched that show. It's a gritty, gritty TV show. I don't know if I can recommend it as a pastor, but at any rate, I watched it, and um, one subplot of it was the way that um, kids kids get really uh, torn up and discarded in um, some expressions of the foster care system. And it allowed me to discover a deep burden for foster care. And, you know, I'm not a foster parent now, but I keep tending to that seed, um, that pain that is there. And even if it means watering it with a few tears here and there, as I think about people who are hurting uh, in that in that kind of corner of the world um, I anticipate that god is going to use that and um, kind of bring direction for me and my wife in that um, so that's what we're we're setting up for planning for uh, and maybe it'll be soon maybe it'll be years away that's what we get to keep tending to so after taking inventory or stewarding by saying yes to new possibilities and opportunities, and remembering to pay attention to pain, you'll probably start noticing patterns. And this is our next point in, uh, you know, principles for discerning vocation, which is to search for convergence. What do I mean by that? Well, there might be a place where all these things come together, the way you've inventoried your life, the things you've explored and said yes to. The kind of things that um, are deep burdens on your heart. Maybe they come together like the perfect wave. And when you find it, it probably will will go beyond a job or church. Uh, it's going to go beyond a spouse like or one person or a child. It's going to be a picture of a whole, rich, and good life with God. At that convergence, you might find... Your picture of Eden, even. A place where sowing seeds has turned into a whole ecosystem. And you return to center often, and walk with God in the cool of the morning. Like I said, there's so much to say about the topic of vocation, but I hope this gives you a little sketch to investigate. If you'd like to go through a process of discernment on vacation, you can actually register for an upco- upcoming uh, discipleship course that we're doing at the church called Vocation and Spiritual Gifts. It actually starts this Sunday, May 31st, and I get to teach it, so um, I'm super looking forward to it. We'll cover topics like the ones that we just went through and lots more, especially looking at what the scriptures have to say. And I'll also take you through a few exercises that I created to help my spiritual directees discern and define their calling. It's going to be fun, um, and I hope you can make it. If not, though, I hope that this has blessed you. And wherever you are, whenever you are, may you be blessed as you listen for God's loving guidance in your life. Peace to you.